right. What is up, M12? It's so good to be here with you guys. I uh, hope you all had a great 4th of July and ate some good food, hung out with friends and family, and uh, hopefully saw some intense fireworks. But hopefully you guys didn't uh, have any accidents like we saw on that screen. I heard some of y'all said that. That's, I'm sorry about that. That's dangerous. That's, that's pretty scary. But before we go into the teaching for today, I just wanted to share a little bit about myself. Those of y'all who don't know me, my name is Austin, and I'm the worship leader here at M12, and I'm so excited to be able to uh, speak to you guys and be here with you all. But I thought I would, uh, since I love you guys so much, I thought I would share a very uh, embarrassing picture of me from middle school. Uh, yep, yep, so there, yeah, there it is, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Soak it all in, soak it all in, yeah. That is, uh, that's me, yeah, that's me trying to be Justin Bieber, exactly, exactly, yeah. All right, all right. So uh, I think it's safe to say, guys, that I thought I was, I thought I was a lot cooler than, uh, than I really was, right? So uh, moving on, growing up, I had a big heart for sports. I loved sports. And I was really good at it. I played three sports in high school uh, at a really high level, and that was baseball, basketball, and football. And my junior year of high school, I actually won player of the month for basketball, and my senior year of high school, uh, I won all county for baseball, so that was a really cool achievement. Some other sports I like to play is volleyball, I like bowling, uh, I like tennis, I play tennis with my dad on uh, the tennis team. And I love this uh, mini, kind of mini sport game, it's called ping pong. So who here, who here likes ping pong or likes to play ping pong? Yeah? That's cool. That's cool. I love, I love ping pong. And maybe one of these days we can have like a ping pong tournament and we could play. I think that would be, that would be really cool. But uh, so going back to when I was all county, there's a picture uh, that I want you guys to see. I got to play at Coolray Field, which uh, those of you guys who don't know, that's where the Gwinnett Braves actually play. And it was a really cool experience. If you look close, you can see... Uh, my name, Austin Wood, right there. Uh, I was playing first base, number 44. So it was pretty neat, man. It was awesome to play where the Gwinnett Braves, Braves got to play. And uh, my best friend, Austin Gaskins, his name's Austin as well, ironically. Uh, I met him in middle school, and he's been my best friend since sixth grade. Uh, and he actually got to play with me at this All-Star game. So that was really, really cool. And uh, to this day, guys, I still have this memory at Cool Ray Field. And I want to share it with you guys. So there's this guy named Matt Olson, right? He was this dude, he was taller than me, and he weighed about 230 pounds, uh, and he actually plays for the major, uh, for the Oakland Athletics right now in Major League Baseball. So I go up to bat, right? He's pitching. Remember, guys, he's taller than me, weighs about 30 more, 20, 30 more pounds than me. So I go up to the plate, and I am just, I'm shaking. Like, my legs, I can't, I'm, I can't control it. I'm shaking up at the plate, right? So I get up there, my, my family's behind me, all my friends People I don't know are right behind me, behind the uh, catcher, right? So I get up to bat. Oh, by the way, this dude throws like 90 miles an hour. And yeah, he's, he's the real deal. He, he, throws, he throws hard. So I get up to bat, and obviously I'm scared. My legs are shaking. I get up there. First pitch comes. Whoop, nope. Swing and miss. Like so off it was bad. And I thought in my head, I was like, I'm going to strike out. This is going to be a quick KO. This is going to be embarrassing. But whatever. Second pitch comes. And I watched it. It was outside. It was a ball. And then sure enough, guys, the third pitch came. And, man, I got a hold of it, and I smacked the ball, right? And I hit it right in between center field and right field. And it was going towards the gap. And I thought in my head, I was like, guys, man, if this goes in the gap, I'm going to have a stand-up triple. I'm, I'm going to have a stand-up triple in front of all these people. It's going to be awesome. So I'm running, right? I see the ball. It's a beautiful hit. And as soon as I round first base, 
I see the center fielder dive, the center fielder dive headfirst, and he catches the ball. A, an incredible catch. I know, right? It sucked. I was, I was so mad. To this day, I'm still upset that that happened, and he robbed me of my glory. But hey, at least it's cool to say that I hit the ball, and uh, I made contact with the ball against a major league baseball player. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and the last thing I'll share with you guys about myself is uh, a memory of mine. And this was in 2009. It was a memory with my dad. And uh, it was the 2009 BCS College Football National Championship. And those of you all know college football is coming up. I'm super excited, super pumped for it. But in this game, it was the Florida Gators versus the Oklahoma Sooners. And I'm a huge Florida fan. I'll go and give you all a Gator shot real quick. Go Gators. Yeah, yeah, there it is. But anyways, anyways, it was Florida versus Oklahoma, right? And at the time, Florida's quarterback was Tim Tebow, who most of y'all know him. He's, he's an amazing guy, uh, perhaps one of the greatest college football athletes of all time. Uh, and he was going up against Sam Bradford, who played for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma had the number one offense at the time in college football. And they were averaging close to 40 points a game. So they had a really high-powered offense. But the reason I love, I'm going to show you guys a video uh, of this game. And the reason I love it is because this was the very first play of the game, guys. And St. Bradford throws a pass. He airs out a long pass. But sure enough, the Florida safety was waiting right there for him. And I'll let the rest of this video explain it for itself. So here it is. Count. Yeah, pretty awesome, right? Pretty cool. Now, obviously, I know, I know if that hit were to happen now, he probably would have been ejected from the game. He did lead with the crown of his helmet. Um, and against a defenseless player. But nonetheless, it was an awesome hit, an awesome play. That was Major Wright, who played for Florida, and it actually set the tone of the game. And that offense for Oklahoma, the average close to 40 points a game, only scored 14 against Florida. And Florida ended up winning 24 to 14, and that was one of my favorite memories of Florida football that I had with my dad. So obviously, guys, I loved sports, and I still love sports. And, uh, but back in the day, I thought that what I did on the field and how good I did on the court was what people would think of me. I thought that if I played a great game or, you know, if I had the game-winning shot or, you know, a home run uh, hit to win the game or something like that, you know, that people would like me more and respect me more and uh, more people want to be my friend. And same thing goes for if I had a bad game, I thought that people would think differently than me, think people wouldn't want to be uh, my friend. They wouldn't think I was as cool or um, I would even think that I was letting my dad down at times. And uh, to be honest, guys, I thought that when I did bad in a game, I thought God was punishing me, uh, which obviously is not true. But uh, so I love sports, um, and something I didn't know at, at that age when I was in middle school and high school is that sports is not my identity. And I had allowed sports to um, be my self-worth. I, I had my self-worth and, and my value, and my identity was set in sports. And to be honest with you all, I'm 12 I worshiped sports. I worshiped it. it. It was my God. That's all I cared about. That's all I thought about. And uh, I actually, I gave my life to it. I, I, I worshiped to sports. And uh, many of you are wondering, well, why is that, why is that so bad? You know, why is, why is that such a big deal? Why, why is it bad to uh, worship something that's not, you know, of God? Uh, and what even is worship? Why is worship so important? And I want to share you guys uh, a simple answer that I want you all, I'd love for you all to write down. So if you have your pens and pencils or a piece of paper, I'd love for you guys to write this down. And this is what it says. Worship is when our hearts, our affection, 
and our mind's attention is centered on something. And I'll say that one more time. Worship is when our heart, our affection, and our mind's attention is centered on something. And you see, for a long time, my heart was devoted to sports. All the things I listed, uh, listed above, my, my affection, my mind's attention, my, my heart, everything I had was focused on sports. That's, that's where it was at. And, and to be honest, guys, what is true of me is true to you all as well. And it may not be sports, but we all worship something. And it, it, may, be, it may be popularity. It may be fame. It may be music, uh, money. It may be lust, video games, TV, any of those things. We could worship instead of God. And this brings me to my first point of the teaching, which is this. This is your first uh, blank. Worship is not for us. It is for God. Did you guys know that God created each and every one of us to worship him and only him? God created each and every one of us to glorify him and to give him praise. This is what the Lord says about this. Uh, and this, this is Isaiah, prophet, and this is really cool, guys, because this is what he says that God thinks of us. He says this. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. How powerful is that in 12? That he tells us, you are mine. The God who created the universe, that created all things, he tells us, you are mine. And it's just so amazing to know that we are sons and daughters of God. And then it goes on to say in Isaiah 43, verse 7, God tells us, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So in scripture, God tells us that we are created for his glory. And whether you all believe it or not, God is the creator of the universe. He created all things. He created worship. But because we are all sinners, we struggle with this. We struggle with worshiping things in our life that are not of God. And we worship, our worship is set on our personal uh, desires and our personal passions for worldly things like I did with sports. And so I want to talk more about why worship is not for us and it is for God. So if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to be reading through James chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And in your worship center Bible, it's page 1218. Uh, if you don't have any bi a Bible with you, that's okay. We'll have it on the screen. Uh, but I would love for you all to read this along with me. So this is James chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And here's what it states. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace, and that is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. 
Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And guys, in this passage, God tells us that we have a choice. We have a choice to be lovers of the world, lovers of our sinful and evil desires, or we have a choice to be lovers of God and to worship him and only him. And I want to make it clear in 12. If you love something, it doesn't mean you're worshiping it. It's okay to love sports. It's okay to love movies and hanging out with your friends. It's okay to love music. But what is wrong is when your motives behind loving something become unhealthy, like I did with sports. For example, I took it too far by placing my identity in it. And when I wasn't playing sports anymore, when I went off to college, I was at the lowest point of my life. I was so depressed um, and just so upset and ashamed of who I was because my identity was in sports and nothing else. And when sports wasn't a part of me, I felt like I was useless. I was, I was ashamed to go and visit friends from high school, back from high school. I was ashamed to tell people that I was just an ordinary guy. But that's not what God said of me, and that's not what God thinks of me. And same with all of you. Thankfully, God, God did not abandon me, and he, he showed me grace, and he gave me a new identity to put myself in, which was himself, that lasts forever. God will never leave me. And this whole time I was worshiping something other than God, he was jealously longing for me to be with him. He was jealously longing for me to be closer to him and worship him. And this brings me to the next point, which is your next blank. God is a jealous God. Have you ever heard that God is a, is a jealous God? D does that make you guys feel kind of weird inside? Yeah, because not, not a lot of people like to be called jealous, you know, but let me unpack with you guys about what God being a jealous God really means. So the first time God ever mentions that he is a jealous God is in Exodus 20, verse 3 through 4, which states this, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or on the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And the reason God says this in Exodus is because the Israelites did just that. God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. He rescued them from slavery. And he showed his love for them and showed them, he gave them a new purpose and a new identity in himself. Yet the Israelites still chose to worship something else, and they created their own God by making a golden calf. And all the Israelites chose to worship that instead of God. So in that whole time that they were worshiping something else, God was right there saying, look, I brought you out of Egypt. I'm here for you. I love you. I want the best for you. I saved you. Come closer to me. So what do I mean when I say that God is a jealous God? I mean that God is a jealous God because he loves you so much. He loves each and every one of you so much. God created all things. I want you to think of this in 12. Everything that you see, God created. But out of all the things he created, there is one thing he created that is his prized possession. And that is you. That is each and every one of us. We are God's prized possession. 
And why would God do that? Why would, choose, why would he choose us out of all things he created? Why would he choose us to be his prized possession? And the answer to that is because he created and formed us in his image. We are created in God's image. And I want to be clear in 12. He desires us to worship him, but not so that he can feel good about himself or feel proud in saying, oh, I have all these people worshiping me. Our, our God is not an arrogant God. He, he doesn't need us to worship him. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to glorify him. In fact, God doesn't need anything. But he loves us so much that he is jealous for us to be with him because he knows that the best thing for you and I is himself. And this brings me to the last piece of scripture that uh, I want to share with you guys. So uh, let's all turn to Romans 6, verse 12 through 14, and I want to read this together. And it's page 1131 in your worship center Bibles, and I'd love if we can all read this together. So here's what Romans 6, 12 through 14 states. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So M12, don't let yourselves be an instrument of wickedness. Don't let sin and evil desires rule your life like I once did with sports. You see, I was robbing God of the gift of worship by worshiping my own desires and my own passions instead of worshiping God and his perfect and wonderful desires for me. So I'm 12 instead Live for God who jealously longs for you to be near him because he loves you more than you'll ever know. So we're going to end the night with a time uh, of worship through song. And uh, I just really want to have a heart-to-heart with you guys. And I just want to tell you all that I can't express how much joy it brings me to see you all worship together as a family. It brings me so much joy, and I mean that. But it brings God even greater joy. And it hurts me to say this, though, I'm 12. Some of you come in here each week, and you aren't worshiping God with all that you have and all your heart. And in fact, some of you are actually very disrespectful during worship. And it breaks my heart to know that because... God has so much more in store for you. He has so much more that he wants for you. God loves you and he's jealously longing for you to be with him. And in 12, I just want you all to know that I hope that one day, and I'm hoping that I can look out and see you guys worshiping with all that you have and singing out as loud as you can and lifting your hands and worship, showing that I'm surrendering all that I am to you, God. Everything else is put aside 
I'm focusing on you and only you. And let, let's, let's stop right there. I, I remember I used to feel weird when I lifted my hands in worship. And I remember I used to feel kind of uncomfortable when other people lifted their hands in worship. But I now understand that the reason we do that, the reason we lift our hands in worship is because it's not an act. It's not a show, it's real. It's showing God, Lord, I'm surrendering all that I have. All that I am is yours. My heart, my mind, my affection is centered on you. That's what that resembles. That's why we lift our hands and we worship him. So as the band comes up, we're gonna have uh, a couple minutes to sing together um, and sing a song. And I have a question for you guys to focus on throughout the song. And that's, what are you worshiping that is not of God? What is it that you're worshiping that is not of God?